Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are at the forward to the first edition on page Roman numeral 8, the last paragraph. Today's readers are Terry H., Charles H., and Renata G., the reference number for Tuesday, September 22nd, is 8015. That's 8015. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jody E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Jody E. in California. Thank you, Katie. The 12 steps. Number one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And then pass. Thank you. Thank you. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
too, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing a topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page Roman numeral XIII, the last um, paragraph. I will ask Terry H. to begin reading. Thank you, Katie, and good morning. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovery compulsive eater from Maine. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. Oh. I'm sorry, it's Roman, it's Roman numeral 13. I'm sorry, I'm fine. But you're on the right page. Excuse okay. me. We are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. There are no fees or dues whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is an honest desire to stop drinking. We're not allied with any particular faith, sex, or denomination, nor do we oppose anyone. We simply wish to 
be helpful to those who are afflicted. And so this, this paragraph is where the preamble started, and it gives a description of the fellowship. So I see here um, on page uh, 9, um, there's some traditions here. So we have there are no fees or dues, so this tradition 7. Um, the only requirement is tradition 3, and um, except the de denomination um, is uh, tradition 10, and then we simply wish, wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted, which is tradition 5. But I want to focus in on the line where um, it says the only requirement for membership is the honest desire to stop drinking. And um, so I love the history of AA, and I just want to read this. Um, the, the preamble first appeared in the Grapevine in June 1947 and was written by Tom Y., the Grapevine editor at the time. The aim was to offer a concise definition of AA. Shortly thereafter, the preamble began appearing in each monthly issue of the Grapevine and later on in much of the AA's conference-approved literature. It came to be called the preamble because it's so often read at the opening of AA meetings. The original version of the preamble contained the word wording an honest desire to stop drinking. However, since the adoption of the short form of the traditions in 1950, the third tradition has always read, the only requirement for AA membership is the desire to stop drinking. And this form was used by Bill in writing the book, 12 Steps in the 12 Traditions. In 1958, the expression honest desire was discussed at great length at the General Service Conference it was felt that it was impossible to determine what constitutes an honest desire to stop drinking. Thus, the word was dropped. The version of the preamble without the word honest first appeared in September 1958 issue of the Grapevine. So a little bit of history there. And um, I'm so grateful that they did take the word honest out because, um, you know, some of the definitions for honest will is, you know, will not lie, be truthful, be clear, correct, right, and true. And, um, if I, you know, if I knew, you know, how to be honest, um, you know, I would have put the food down a long time ago. And um, so I'm so grateful that they took the word honest out because I did have the desire when I came into the fellowship, you know, to, um, you know, stop, stop compulsive overeating. The honest desire, I don't know if I could have, I don't know what the word honest was, you know, for me back then. And then the other line I just want to um, focus in on is we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. And that's, you know, tradition five. So, what is my aim today? What is my purpose? And, um, you know, Tradition 5 says each group has but one primary purpose. And I always point out the word one. It doesn't say two, three, four, five, but it has one primary purpose to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. So, um, you know, it reads, better to do one thing well than, than many badly. The life of our fellowship depends on this principle, the ability of each AA to identify himself with and bring recovery to the newcomer is a gift from God. Passing on this gift to others is our own, our, our one aim. Sobriety can't, can't be kept unless it is given away. So, you know, I get to bring the message to the group and the message to my sponsor. And, um, and that's, that's how I was, you know, really guided that we carry the message in, in this program because it is life or death. And, um, you know, uh, you know, A has a thing. I'm responsible when anyone, anywhere reaches out for help. And I want the hand of AA, so in our case, OA, always to be there. And, that, and for that, I am responsible. So thanks for letting me share, and everyone have a blessed day. Thank you so much. And I apologize for not uh, reading my Roman numerals correctly. So we are reading um, and commenting on the paragraph 
that starts on the bottom of page XIII, Roman numeral 13, and goes over to the next page. That paragraph only, who would like to share? I would like to. I'm Lindy F. Melissa C. Is that Lindy F.? Yes. Okay, Lindy F., Melissa C., anyone else? Okay, we'll go with those two. Am I up? Yes, please. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Kind of. It's kind of crackly, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do the best thing now with that. I just really appreciate this paragraph. I So many times um, I have appreciated that uh, the only requirements for membership is the Fire to stop um, possibly eating, possibly overeating. And I think that this really speaks to um, anonymity that we talked about the other day and humility, humbleness. Um, to me, it means that um, I need the fellowship, I need the program, I need other compulsive overeaters. And the piece about anonymity, I think, is that. It doesn't matter who, you know, what my name is, where I live, what I do for a living, uh, blah, blah, blah. What what matters is that I'm a compulsive overeater who um, who needs other compulsive overeaters to recover and be at 12 steps. Um, I like to say remove the word honest because it's kind of mean, that, that's a real internal thing, and we can't really judge other people. Um, we can't accurately evaluate their internal state. So um, I feel like I'm not being very articulate, but this is this has been important to me. The only desire, the only requirement for membership is desire to stop overeating, stop being compulsively. Um, thank you, I can't. Thank you, Lindy. Melissa C., you're up. Hi, good morning, Katie. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I just love there's no dues or fees. Um, nobody is profiting off of our misery here, you know, like every other weight loss program um, has done. And, you know, Having been a dieter my whole life, um, I couldn't imagine that um, that the the solution would actually for freedom would actually cost me nothing, you know, um, because I spent so much money on every program, um, and you know, I think for me for so long the desire wasn't to stop eating. You know, it wasn't to stop overeating compulsively. It was a desire to to lose weight. And so um, so every other program sounded appealing because they promised weight loss. You know, they didn't promise um, uh, freedom from the bondage of food. They didn't promise that I wouldn't be more obsessed. And, um, you know, and that was my experience. Every diet, um, my obsession for the food grew and grew and grew. And, you know, and so I spent all this money, and I, it was like I was paying to have my obsession grow. And um, thank God it did, because 
when my obsession got greater than um, just the weight issue, the weight issue was bad enough, but when I realized that it was my head, that my, my thinking was so twisted, then I, I returned once again to this program that I had, you know, come to 25 years ago. And when I, when I remember when I first came, um, I remember, like, one of my siblings questioning me because I was losing weight, and, and my brother was asking me, well, who, who's, like, in charge there? And, um, you know, who, who are you paying? And, you know, and there was all these questions because it was in the basement of a church, and, um, you know, and I'd grown up in a Jewish home. And so I think the thought was, um, you know, and there was some God talk. So what was, what was his sister being, you know, led to, you know? And, um, and I just find that kind of funny that um, what I was being led to was relief for my obsession with food. And the only requirement is, an, is a desire to stop, you know, and that I don't have to be a particular religion, a race, an ethnic group, a gender, sexual identification, only that I want to stop. And, um, you know, and now, thank God that the obsession has been removed, um, my payment is to pay it forward, you know, that I want to be helpful to anyone with our problem. And that's how I feel today. Just let me be helpful. Let me put aside my prejudices, you know, and offer this way of life and this book, this recovery. That means, you know, maybe going to meetings where the big book isn't being spoken up, but bringing it up, you know, maybe sharing this vision for use phone number at a face-to-face meeting, um, even talking about the solution that I found with coworkers. And that's been a beautiful thing that it has, you know, brought a very dear friend of mine. Time. Thank you to recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph? Lisa H. Sally? Kim G. Okay, I have Lisa H., Sally A., Larry K., Vasa O., and Kim G. Did I get all that right? Yeah, and Rick K. Oh, Rick K. Okay. Did I hear Larry K.? Maybe I didn't hear Larry K. Okay, Larry K, I mean, Rick K, you'll be after Sally A. Um, Okay, and then after that, we'll have Charles move on to the next section. Go ahead, Lisa H. Good morning. Katie, can I be heard? Yes. And Larry, if you're there, you will be after Rick K. Thank you. And go ahead, Lisa H. Right. Katie, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Thank you. Um, thank you, Katie, for your service. And um, this is Lisa H., um, grateful, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from uh, West Tennessee. Um, and I think I said this yesterday that when I first started um, at a vision for you, they were you know, well into, um, I missed all the forewords. Um, in the meetings, and and I uh, appreciate the history of the word, taking the word honest out of this line, Um, because I, too, when I was in the food, um, 
I thought I was an honest person, an intelligent person. Um, but when I was in the food, I couldn't see, I couldn't see my part. I was so numbed with the sugar that I, I couldn't see my part. Um, when I was able to put the food down um, and gain a sense of mental clarity, I realized um, how dishonest I was, how manipulative I was being, how I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. Um, I was never honest about my food. I was not honest about my behavior. Um, and so for me, um, now seven, about seven months into the program, the word honest, um, I am drawn to it every time I see it. Um, the, the, the phrase rigorous, rigorously honest, um, it's honest, honest has just taken on a whole new meaning. Um, in my morning meditation, I have to pray for that ability to show me honestly uh, my behavior, um, to, to um, face each day honestly. If I'm, if I'm not honest about my behavior and my, my motives, and I'll go right back into, uh, into the food, and I, will, I, I think I would pick it up. So this idea of rigorous honesty to me, um, has opened a whole new way of, of life and a way of um, interacting with, with all those people around me. Anyway, so um, I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate the service this morning, and thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much. And Sally A., you're up. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, A Vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey. I wanted to just share on this word, afflicted. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. The word afflicted means troubled, tormented, suffering, distressed, and tortured. And, you know, uh, the the book uses such really strong language um, for alcoholism. And in, in my own life, you know, as I've come through years of this program, I've questioned, can I really liken this disease to the alcoholic torture that they talk about? And I've had family members say the same thing. You really think that what you're going through with food is anything like what an alcoholic goes through? It's interesting that the world we live in has really come to understand the alcoholic torture. Um, But I myself had to recognize um, that that nobody around me could feel what I feel. It's, it's no different than being a nurse and trying to assess pain. Um, pain is subjective, and nobody can tell another person, no, you're not in that kind of pain. That person knows what kind of pain they're in. And so when I see this word, we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. I want to um, just mention that some of the other words that are used that truly describe the pain that I was in when I finally put the food down, when I finally reached the bottom, when I finally reached that place of desperation. The book also uses the word alcoholic torture in the doctor's opinion on page XXVI. Alcoholic torture. It says on page 92 that they were doomed. And that is exactly how I felt. I felt that I was doomed. On page 17 at the bottom of the page, it talks about the common peril 
that we feel, that, we're, that we've been through a common peril. It's talking about the shipwreck in that particular place. And there are many, many places, but really one that really speaks the truth to, to the affliction that I have had and that I think others may identify with is page 150 where it speaks of being saved from living death. That really describes my illness. Saved from living death. We are, when we are in the food, we are dead but not buried. We are just walking around, dead man walking. We are just not present or truly alive. And so the words saved from living death really do describe well what we are experiencing. So when they say we simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted, troubled, tormented, suffering, distressed, and even tortured, as the doctor's opinion says. They're not exaggerating, even for one like me with an eating disorder. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. Rick Kay, you're up. Good morning, everybody. This is Rick Kay calling from Miami. How is everybody? And can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Thank you. Okay, great. All right. So uh, we are not an organization in the conventional sense of the word. Is really an amazing proposition because you think about the traditional corporate structure and, and it's a pyramid with the CEO uh, or, or the chairman of the board at the very top directing operations downward for the benefit of those uh, below. But what we have here is an upside-down pyramid where really it's the workers. It is, you know, the, the group of people who direct the operation uh, through the group conscience. And that really is kind of, kind of a, an anarchy approach. And it's just amazing how it works and how many lives it saved and how we all operate within the context of this upside-down pyramid and do it successfully. And when you, when you put that together with the fact that that the troops are running the ship and that we all come together in the fellowship of a, of a uh, disease process where we are laden with substantial character defects. It's even more amazing how successful this has been and, and how wonderful a thing it is. Um, the next thing is, is, you know, I keep thinking about this honest desire to stop drinking. Um, and, and uh, you know, they, they took it out, absolutely. And uh, But yet I always have to remember that the spiritual principle of the first step is honesty, you know, and unless I can have an, an honest admission, uh, you know, of my powerlessness, uh, then then I'm not really ready to start. And and the other thing I was thinking about was that, that you know, from a pragmatic point of view, the, the preamble actually did first appear on the grapevine, but the reason for the preamble was that a statement of uh, a purpose was required so that they could get a bulk rate um, from the United States Post Office for mailings. So that, that's really where it all started. Um, and, um, and with that, I think I'll pass. That's enough out of me today. Thanks. Thank you. And Larry Kay, you're up. Hi, Katie. It wasn't me, but thanks. Thanks. I'm just listening okay. back here. You're just sitting there. Thank you. Okay. You can do that today. Okay. Vasa O, you're up. 
Yes. Can you hear me, Katie? Yes, I can. Sorry. I didn't think you heard me, so I muted and I'm muted again. Thank you. Good morning, Katie. And thank you for your service and everyone for being here. And I'm Vasa O, Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from Massachusetts. I loved for the first time when I heard the preamble, and I still love it when I go to the meetings and I hear it. There are no fees or, or dues for uh, whatsoever. The only requirement for membership is the honest desire to stop drinking or eating or whatever. And uh, and again, I didn't spend a lot of money. I was I, I, I'm, again, I was. It was good news for me to hear. It didn't cost that much money. If we want to put something in the basket, we put money you know, the contribution, but, you know, we didn't have to. Of course, I always had money to put in the basket, that kind of money, you know. But I did spend some money, like on the Weight Watchers and maybe health clubs. And uh, so I didn't have much money and or diet pills. I I mean, if somebody gave me the pill set here, I'll give you $100, and this is going to cure it. I mean, I'll give you this pill for $100. It's going to cure your food addiction. Believe me, I would have escaped, and I, I, I would have scraped and found the money for that cure. But, it, you know, I learned something different here. We have a disease. And um, so the the only requirement for man- membership is the honest, honest desire to stop eating, drinking, whatever. And I was honest. You know, I wanted because I didn't want to die with this disease. And the honesty, honesty came later also, you know, to be more honest and truthful in my life as as I was going along being sober, you know. And I also like to hear if we, we are not allied with any particular faith. For me, like with any religion, you know, and I like to hear that because as growing up, we were not supposed to step in nobody else's religion or do somebody else's religion. So this is a spiritual program and I also like hearing that. We simply wish to be helpful to those who are afflicted. And yes, I was afflicted by this disease. I have been saved from by the grace of God from the living death of this disease. And I would be dead today if I didn't find over it as anonymous. And I'm just so grateful to be with every one of you. And this is my purpose, to spread it with uh, with others that are suffering with this disease or this dying disease. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. And G will be our last share on this section, and then we will have Charles H. Good morning. Did you say Kim? Yes, Kim G. Oh, you. Okay. I thought maybe I heard it wrong. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I have to tell you, I'm queen of the loopholes, always looking for a loophole. So this third tradition is absolutely essential. I love it. You know, um, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. But that's only for membership. You know, I can be in this this program for decades and not do a darn thing but sit in a meeting. That's just about membership. The question is, do I want to recover? You know, do I want to do the work? That's totally different than being a member of Overeaters Anonymous. And I think of page 25 where it says there is a solution. So do I want that solution? Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. 
So yes, I can be a member of Overeaters Anonymous because I come to a meeting and just say I am. That does not mean I'm going to get the results of these programs because the results of the program have a lot of requirements in it. And I have to say, like, I, I like to look at the long form of the, the, the uh, tradition sometimes because sometimes I think just like we look at the steps, just the short forms, we're not getting the, the breadth and the depth of what the steps mean. So on page 563 is the long form of, of uh, the, the third tradition. And I just want to give some people something to chomp on this morning. It says, our membership ought to include all who suffer from alcoholism. So they're saying here, if you don't suffer from alcoholism, there's no reason for you to be here. So that's why it's so essential and there is a solution. We learn about the moderate eater, the heavy eater, and the true compulsive overeater. Not because we're being mean, but what, you know, we want to let people know, if you don't need to be here and a conventional diet program will work for you, great. You know, personally, I drank alcoholically for 10 years. And if I was caught many of the times that I drank and drove, I would have been sentenced to AA. And if I had gone to AA, I'm sure they would have qualified me and found out I'm not an alcoholic. I quit when I wanted to quit. I don't need the steps. The next, hence, we may refuse none who wish to recover. That's an important question. Do you wish to recover or are you just looking for dieting with group support? Do you wish to recover or do you just want to feel comfortable in your disease? Which unfortunately I did for many years. Any two or three alcoholics gathered together for sobriety may call themselves an AA group provided that as a group they have no other affiliation. That's not something else to chomp on this morning. Are our meetings gathering together for sobriety? Many of the meetings I went to, I have to say, were gathering together as a way to feel comfortable in the disease, in a way to blame our families, in a way to have junior therapy, in a way to have, you know, be coalesced around a food plan. So I just think when we look at that third tradition, let's look at that form today. Let's chomp on. Are we looking for people who suffer from this illness? Do we wish to recover? And are our meetings coming together on the, on the, uh, for sobriety? And with that, I pass. Thank you. And will Charles H. please read the rest of the forward to the first Charles edition? Charles H. recovery vision. And I know you hear me because I know how to hit star one one time. Ha! Um, okay, okay, so <laughs> we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful to such cases. Inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcome, Alcoholics Anonymous. And once again, my name is Charles H. A recovered visionary just for today, this moment, this second. Thank you, God. And I want to say happy young Kipper to all those um, brothers and sisters out there. So, you know, I want to talk about um, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. AA wants to hear from us. <laughs> they definitely do. And I just want to say this as well. I'm sorry, I'm in Dunkin' Donuts drinking a water, chilling, because I didn't want to get on a train. But 90 meetings in 90 days is just another 90-day challenge. That's just the thought that came in my head. But, yeah, they want to hear from, you know, it's not that they don't want to, they don't want to hear from the disease, because they know about the disease already. They wrote, a, see, they wrote a book about it. They wrote a book about the solution to, to the disease. And the first place, thank God, um, that, that it was suggested to go, is a doctor opinion. But I want to talk about 153. I think I paraphrased it. I didn't have my book in front of me, but haha, enemy, I got the book right now. So on 153, it says, our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched on the world side of alcoholism, defeated drinkers will seize upon it 
to follow its suggestion. Hmm. Well, it, how, how are they going to hear about it if we all just in a vision for you all there, not branching out to them 2% meetings that they talk about their dog, their cat, uh, the tools, uh, my boyfriend, um, this one left me, that one left me. How are they going to hear about it if we don't go out? We need to go out there to those 2% meetings, those meetings that I always said it was weak, right? Those meetings that are not talking about the solution, and we need to launch it into the world. Well, maybe I should keep that on myself. Maybe, Charles H., you need to go to those meetings, because I remember first talking about, you know, my mind has been changed, right? Because, yeah, the, the OA success rate is down because recovered people are not going out to those meetings, those weak meetings. I, I love to go to those weak meetings. Those weak meetings saved my life, to be honest with you, because they brought me in here. I was, I was dieting with group support. I ain't scared to say it. But today I have a solution, one solution, right? And, and, and AA wants to hear particularly from those who have commenced work with others. And I, and, and I picked up some retreads, but I'm not selling out the program to them. I'm like, you know what? Get some abstinence consistently because, you know, and, and then call me when you're ready to work because it's about this work. It ain't about staying in step one, two, and three for 90 days. And then what you going to do on the 91st day? Start over again? No, we got a program of action. So when this chip of a book is launched into the world of alcoholism, defeated drinkers, we hope, will seize upon it and follow its suggestions. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Who would like to share on these two little paragraphs? Renata. Okay, Renata. Anyone else? Okay, go ahead, Renata. Thank you, Katie. Thanks for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Composable Reader in New York. Um, it says, we shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced to work with other alcoholics. We should like to be helpful to such cases. And, um, you know, it, it made me think of page nine when, um, you know, Abby went to talk to Bill, right, and pass on to him uh, what um, was, you know, the program that was passed on to, to, to him. And um, it says, you know, that, in a matter of fact, we told how two men appeared in court persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. They had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. That was two months ago, and the result was self-evident. It worked. And so, you know, at that time, the book was not out yet, but it's the program of action in this book today was the same program that you know, Abby worked and many others throughout the book worked and everyone who worked this spiritual program of action precisely, you know, they were getting results. And, um, you know, it says that, you know, particularly from those who have commenced to work with other alcoholics, because before these people commenced to work with other alcoholics, they had to do the steps themselves 
have their own spiritual awakening so they would have a message to carry, you know, so they could carry the solution. It's the same today. And, you know, the first 100, you know, and we we heard many, many times about Bill, you know, trying to convert people and grab drunks of bar stools and, you know, force down people's throat this program of action and it wasn't working and they tried a lot of like crazy things back then when trying to help alcoholics you know things that were not really helpful I mean the steps are undeniable they worked whenever people took the steps they worked but you know they they had some experience then to share with people that would be carrying the message that you know could be helpful could be insightful so they wouldn't have to try things that they knew from experience did not work. When I sponsor, I I share with my sponsees, you know, what approach have worked best in my experience, which ones don't, and, um, you know, they make their own decisions and develop their own way of sponsoring. But, you know, I try to be helpful telling them which are some actions that can be helpful when trying to carry the message through others. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Who else would like to share on this section? Sarah W. Okay. Anybody else? Kathy K. Kathy K. This is Debbie H. Debbie H. Okay. Sarah W., you're up. Uh, Thank you, Katie, for your service. Sarah W., very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. We shall be interested to hear from those who are getting results from this book, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. We shall be, should, we should like to be helpful to such cases. I think the thing that really inspires me this morning in hearing what we're reading, when I think about... Um, uh, a vision for you, um, the chapter in the book uh, comes to mind. And the thought I have is that the open-mindedness of, uh, you know, actually it really wasn't 100 people. They think it was about 87 was what I've heard. Uh, they just made it 100 because it, it sounded so much easier to understand and to put in that way. But, um you know, when Bill and the other people um, came together to um, to edit the book and to make sure that it would be heard from uh, and have a, a gentle message and at the same time uh, be all-inclusive. And I think the open-mindedness uh, that they had in sharing that they were open to hearing from other parts of society um, and also, um, you know, it brought me back to the idea of um, what the whole fellowship is about. It, you know, it really is about healing, um, not only putting down the the substance. Um, you know, we're at a we're at an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. We're not an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and our affliction is food, uh, but but the same idea of what it does to us 
is there. Um, you know, and I heard somebody talk a little bit this morning, and and, and I think it correlates uh, with how um, different the idea of the alcoholism is looked at uh, in society compared to the food addiction, which is really the food addiction is so much more pervasive. Um, and even in the medical community, um, you know, surgical means are, are being utilized. And I love the fact that the book never um, diminishes other ways to find what you need to find. It just offers this as a way that we have found. And I think I love that all-inclusive part of it. And it just brought me back, um, you know, I went to a meeting last night that was about meetings. Uh, you know, they, they talked that the, the subject was meetings. And the idea comes into my mind how, how very fortunate we are uh, that we can learn, you know, not only how to uh, get sober in the food, but how we can learn to help other people through other people, through this, this meeting in particular. And I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Kathy Kay, you're up. <clears throat> Thank you for your service today. Um, Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Boston. And, you know, this uh, line we should especially like to hear from those who have commenced working with other alcoholics. When I read that this morning, it occurred to me that my recovery took a big leap forward when I became willing to sponsor, take other compulsive overeaters through the 12 steps. And that came about um, uh, while I was on a vision for you on this meeting. And what I realized today is that... Um, the decision and the willingness to uh, be available to work with others on the steps was a major turning point in my recovery. And I heard, I read, and I heard for years, you know, about Step 12. And I did service in the ways that I knew how to do service. Um, but that decision uh, to work with a fellow sufferer really transformed uh, my recovery. I'm not sure I can articulate exactly how, but um, it, it, to this day it's true that every time I start working with someone, uh, it's an opportunity for, my, for me to deepen my own commitment and my own... Uh, understanding of the steps um, and um, when I share my own experience uh, with a sponsee uh, it's yet another opportunity to develop more honesty more awareness more acceptance um, sure, sure, sure. so it really is a critical piece of our work and with that I pass Thank you so much, Kathy. And Debbie H., you're up. Good morning, everybody. This is Debbie H. from South Jersey in Florida. And I, this is the most sacred and solemn day in, uh, in my calendar. And I, and I feeling like, again, this is such a gift to me to, 
have this program available in my lifetime so that I can recover. And when I was thinking of it as a gift, I was thinking about a package that comes that needs to be unwrapped and needs to be assembled in order for it to be useful. And I can sort of compare my my uh, recent experiences in OA and recovery as wanting to have the use of this of this gift and not being willing to do the work to put it together. Um, and today I'm thinking that I I'm just tired of being a hostage to this disease, and I know that my higher power is with me and only wants the best for me. I was not created to to be a miserable person whose life is unmanageable. I was created to to give something back to this wonderful world. And so I feel a really deep desire to make a recommitment today to to do the work so that I can fulfill what I feel is my mission, the mission that God has planned for me on this earth. And I thank you all for being a part of this encouraging, helpful, compassionate group of fellow recovering alcoholics and food addicts and addicts of all kinds who are locked into this disease of addiction. And thank you for letting me share. Have a blessed day, everyone. Thank you. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? Anita J. Anita J. Okay, go ahead, Anita. Hi, thank you. Thank you for your service. And this is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater west of Boston. Um, You know, they want to hear, they wanted to hear, I'm sure they did, the results people were getting from this book, and um, you know, I just this isn't this isn't a, a pitch for vision. It's just the truth of my recovery, which is I've been reading this book forever, and it wasn't until vision. What is it about the format? Why? I don't know, but I finally heard the true message that I could be a recovered human being and the true message of, you know, finding a my God, my higher power and spreading it and, you know, the results have been unbelievable. Um, I think Bill W. would have said, I think the lady finally got it before she went to her maker. And the thing is that Spreading this message and working with others has transformed what I think sponsorship is. The word sponsorship has totally changed. And I, I give thanks for the person who took me through who then had to quit, had to quit um, the people she was working with because it opened up the way I work the program now and with others. And uh, I've turning more into like a guide through people and um, and being part of their 10-step group. It's, it's just, it's just an evolution. Uh, I just um, look at this 
with new eyes. And like it's unlimited how many people I can walk with this way and uh, and to help spread the message. And the wonderful thing is it's not up to me. Even if something happened and I could no longer do this, there are others on this line all over the world doing the same thing. The hand is there, folks, for everybody. It was there for me, and thank you, God, I finally really took it and grasped it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita. And I'll jump in here. My name is KDF. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I just wanted to uh, look at this part where it says, particularly from those who have commenced work with other alcoholics. So to me, that's saying, you know, we don't expect you to be able to do this on your own. We don't expect a person to have all the answers for every situation that comes up and every, um, and we're not going to be able to work with every single person because, um, you know, we are all different and we all have different experiences. And that's the beauty of having, you know, a phone list with 1,500 people on it or whatever it is now that, you know, we can find not someone who is going to agree with my misery and tell me it's okay to continue doing the crazy thing that I'm doing, but we can, we can get help and we can get help with whatever is going on. You know, I had someone ask me if I had, um, could help someone or had any suggestions for someone who was purely anorexic. And, you know, I'm not, I mean, I am, I am not an anorexic. So I, I, you know, and I don't know anybody um, particularly in, uh, that's recovered. That's just my experience. So, you know, we have all these other people that can help each other. And I'm just so grateful that, um, you know, our only aim is to be helpful. We, we are not claiming to be God. We're not claiming to have all the answers. We are trying to be helpful to other people who are looking for recovery. And that is what, you know, people are doing for me today. You know, I don't have a perfect life. I don't never, ever have to do a 10-step. And, you know, just because I've been recovered for a lot of years doesn't mean that life is just goes my way all the time. And, you know, when someone annoys me, I don't get annoyed. And when someone, you know, cuts me off in traffic, I don't, you know, get fearful. Or, you know, just all of the different things that happen in normal life because I'm still human. Um and our only aim is to help others. Um, and this line that says inquiry by scientific, medical, and religious societies will be welcomed. And, you know, to me, that's saying that uh, they want to, to talk to those other people. We do want to talk and, and offer um, this solution to those people because, you know, there's a lot of medical help out there today. You know, bariatric surgery is just un you know, just on the rise so much. But I would never say that I think that that is the solution for someone. If that doesn't work for someone, I would hope that I can give them this solution. We've all passed, and we um, are now at the end of our meeting. So um, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Renata G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you, Katie. Uh, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your, of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.